0: Welcome to the Life Church podcast. We are here to help people experience a life changing relationship with Jesus. We hope you were blessed with this message, recorded live from Palmerston North, New Zealand. Enjoy. If you open up your Bible uh, to Matthew 6, and we're just going to kind of continue circling around what Sophie started on uh, last week, and uh, I just know that was super helpful for me. And I'd love to just kind of dig in a little bit more or kind of take it from a bit of a different angle from last week. And uh, so I put up your Bible, but uh, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to send you out one. And um, so let us know, send us an email. And uh, as soon as we can, with these restrictions, we'd love to send out a Bible to you. How about we pray? Uh, thank you, Lord, for the fact that we can gather together like this. We thank you for technology. Lord, we, we thank you for every person that is with us this morning Lord and leaning into your word and we just thank you Lord that this is all about you Jesus and we come together to worship you we come together to hear from you we come together to Lord to to, to know you more and to follow you even even to a greater extent Lord we just love you and I just pray that everything that is said everything that is spoken will be point uh, will point people back to you in Jesus name we pray amen I wanna ask you something, where does your hope come from? Where does your hope come from? At the moment, I hope that I can clearly articulate exactly what I feel God has put on my heart. Then I hope that the camera in front of me that I'm looking at right now, I hope that this camera will record everything that I am going to articulate and that will be stored on the SD card or whatever else is it's stored on. And then I hope that is able to be sent and then received by James, our amazing James. And I hope that he will be able to edit this all together. And I hope that it is all focused and everything is working as it should. And then I hope that at 11 a.m. on, on Sunday morning, that this time of worship and the word will be able to stream smoothly on YouTube and Facebook, and then after that, I hope everybody who is joining us today will be encouraged and challenged and ministered to by Holy Spirit. That's a lot of hoping about a lot of things that are out of my control, except maybe the first part. And the fact is that we can be so consumed, we can be so consumed by what we can control. We can be so intent on making things work by our own ability, by our own intelligence, by our own effort, that when things don't work out eventually, we go to God as a last resort when he, it was always intended for us and he's always available to us so that we can go to him, not last, but as a first response. And I want you to remember today when things in life seem to be getting out of hand God holds the world in his. I want you to remember that this morning. That it's so important for us to take away this morning. In Psalm 121, it says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It's easy to forget that, that our help isn't meant to be found firstly in our plans or in other people or tools or technology. Our our help and our hope is meant to come first and foremost every single day of the week from God. And First First Thessalonians, I'll get there, 5.14.18, 5.14.18, it says this, uh, Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Anyone feeling like there's a word for them uh, coming out of level four, just not to be so lazy, maybe as the past couple of weeks. But anyway, en- encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful. And here's the key for today. Verse 17, never stop. Praying, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And Sophie said last week, it's not about the eloquence of our prayer life as much as, as it is about allowing God to be part of everything that we do. And I'd say that there are so many joining us this morning that shirk a little bit uh, when it comes to the topic of prayer, uh, because maybe it seemed like an unattainable spiritual habit rather than a natural part of our daily life. Oswald Chambers once said, Prayer is not only asking, but an attitude of mind which produces the atmosphere in which asking is perfectly natural. I'll say that again. Prayer is not only asking, but an attitude of the mind which produces the atmosphere in which asking is perfectly natural. This is a daily thing. This is a normal thing. This isn't something for special occasions. This is for every part, every moment of our life. I remember prayer meetings growing up uh, through, uh, through high school on a Friday morning. We'd have early morning uh, prayer meetings, and I'd walk to church, and it was about a 20-minute walk. And on the way there, on the way to church, walking down Featherston Street, I would spend the whole time just kind of memorizing exactly what I was going to say. I would kind of think of a few things and I want to have the right words and have the right kind of inflections and and make sure I kind of, you know, just really was able to say it as well as I wanted to. And all was good, and, and and that was okay. But there was the number of times that I'd get to church and get to the prayer meeting and kind of have the moment where I'd be able to say what I wanted to say. But just before that, somebody else would dive right in and say pretty much exactly what I wanted to say. And so then it would eventually come around to my turn, and and I would pray. But all I had really was, mm, oh, thank you, Jesus, and uh, for being good, and, and that's that's all I had. I was so embarrassed, but I want you to know God knew my heart. In fact, it was something for a long time that I was self-conscious about, making sure that every time that I prayed to Jesus, I wanted to prove how much I loved him. I wanted to say the right words, always almost trying to impress him by what I had to say. Not just impressing other people around me, but more than that, making sure that I said to God exactly what I wanted to say to impress him. That's what it says in Psalm 147, 10 to 11 in the message. It says he's not impressed with horsepower. I mean, any of you car junkies out there, he's not impressed with horsepower. The size of our muscles, I don't really, mean means little to him. In verse 11, it says those who fear God, or to put it another way, uh, it's an attitude of awe and reverence for God. Those who fear God get God's attention. They can depend on his strength. In the New Living Translation, it says, He takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. No, the Lord's delight is in those who fear him. Those that awe him or those that have awe towards him. Those who put their hope in his unfailing love. So what is your hope in today? What is your hope in today? Here on Sunday or whenever else you're watching it during the week, what is your hope in? What is your, the, the, the in life, what are you hoping for and what are you hoping towards? What are you, what are you trusting in? I wonder this morning as you woke up, was your first thoughts towards the troubles and issues that you may have woken up with, or was your first thought on the true source of hope and who he is to you? For me, a lot of the time, my thoughts can be like when my mom would open up the doors, when we should take all the kids uh, to the supermarket and she'd open up the van doors and all us kids would just go in every single direction. That's kind of what it kind of feels like sometimes, that kind of thoughts and, and uh, kind of it's just kind of going in every direction. But I'm reminded of the, the giant um, called Goliath in the Old Testament, a warrior who, that stood, stood over nine feet tall. He's a big man with a bronze helmet and a bro- bronze coat of chainmail mail that weighed nearly uh, 60 kilograms. And 1 Samuel 17 tells us how for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine uh, champions strutted in front of the Israelite army. And he would intimidate, he would threaten, and he would challenge them to the point, the Israelites, every morning and evening, would cower in fear And I want you to to know that, that not only just during the day, but the enemy is out to attack your first thoughts and your last thoughts. I want you to catch that. The enemy is so intense on attacking, intimidating, intimidating and challenging your first thoughts and your last thoughts. The hope that you carry in the morning, the devil's out for that. And the hope that you have in the evening, the enemy wants to snatch that away, you know. If a hope is stolen in the morning and we end our day feeling overcome, the enemy has already defeated us throughout our day. Listen to what Psalm 92 says. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening. And if you're feeling like you're the only one that's facing a difficult or a hopeless situation, hear out Abraham in Romans 4 Verse 18, it says, Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, That's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced, hear that, verse 21, he was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. He was fully convinced, convinced of the hope that he had. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that there are some people that are listening this morning. I just, I, I, I feel it as I, as I was praying. I just know that there are some people that are here today that just need to be reminded of how good and how true our God is, that He is, that He is so that He's so sure and so secure, that, that, that you, your hope can be placed in His hands. And for you this morning to be fully convinced, like Abraham, even though that there seems to be reasons not to hope, or there may be things that you can see with your own eyes that may not be going as you think they should, that there is reason to hope. Again, just this week, Sophie and I were sitting down to look at some things, and I uh, won't, won't bore you with the details. But with our own eyes, we just kind of you know, it's just a little situation that we're in, and in our own eyes, it just kind of seemed a bit hopeless. Uh, and in our own ability, there's there really isn't anything that we can we can do. And I, I love I love my darling, and and she's so amazing because um, when we had finished the phone call that we we're on to talk about this thing. She said, well, I guess all we can do is pray. (laughs) I was like, yes, that is all we can do. That's our first response is to pray. I heard someone once say that prayer makes up the difference between what man can do and what God can do. And as followers of Jesus in all things, it's our responsibility to redirect our focus back to him because he should always be the one that we look to. We can commit an unknown future, any impossible situation, to an all-powerful, all-knowing and completely loving God. And how do we do that? Well, the answer is to pray. That's the answer, really. It's, it's, it's the pray. And how do we pray? Well, luckily, the disciples wanted to know that too, so Jesus gave them and us the Lord's prayer. And uh, I I went to Boys High as as a student. And for the best part of five years, somewhere around, I try to work it out, about 900 mornings, uh, this was a prayer that I repeated in our assembly time, um, assembly hall, time and time again. And, And to be honest, over those 900 mornings or even more, it lost its meaning very, very quickly. And as we saw last week, the Lord's Prayer isn't just to be words to be uttered or just to be said but it's an outline for how Jesus calls us to pray it's not just words that we are to recite as a uh, just you know just to say it's, it's a roadmap that Jesus gives us to pray so that things can be in the right order Luke 11: 1 it says once Jesus was in a certain place praying as he finished one of his disciples came to him and said Lord teach us to pray the disciples knew how to pray they they already they already knew how to recite uh, certain prayers that they grew up having to memorize, but they didn't just want mere words. They wanted what Jesus had. They wanted to be able to pray in the way that Jesus did. And then Jesus responds with this. And we uh, going back to Matthew 6 and the New King James Version, because that's the one that I grew up reading this prayer in. And it says this, in this manner, therefore, this is Jesus speaking, pray. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So just to recap, number one, and to kind of take it from a different angle, number one, our Father in Heaven. This is how we're meant to pray. The the sequence, kind of like the roadmap that, that Jesus has given us. Our Father in heaven. And what I want us to do is to firstly seek him personally. Seek him personally. That's what Jesus is calling us to. And we're not being invited into a formal interaction like, like on Downton Abbey. We watched a little bit that of that recently in our bubble. We're not being invited into a into a you know just the kind of play by the, you know, it's whatever. we are being invited to a relational moment of intimacy. You see, Jesus instructs us to call God our Father in heaven, our, our Father in heaven, so that we would know that, that He isn't cold or distant, He but He is near and He is trustworthy. He is a Father, not like an earthly Father. He is, he is a Father in heaven. And I just have a picture in my mind of a, of a loving father's reaction when, when their little child runs across the room for an embrace. And that's what I want you to think of. That's what I want you to imagine when, when you say those words, our father in heaven, for, for, for you to imagine a loving father as a little child and what he would do, how he would embrace you when you ran towards him. That is our inheritance in Jesus. That in Romans eight fifteen it says, you have not really received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves, Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. We are God's children. Now we call him Abba Father. Firstly, our Father in heaven. Seek him personally. Number two, hallowed be your name, which which I want us to remember as and and and, and for you to write down, worship him sincerely. For something to be hallowed, it means to. Honor is holy. And for someone to be honored, it means to be seen correctly and respected rightly. And we're to be aware of just how, how great our father is. He isn't like a human father that has faults or like a man-made idol that changes over time. In our prayers, we, we, we are called to worship this, this, this great and mighty and powerful God that created everything that we see, touch, feel. Everything is his and is under his authority, and we have been invited into worshiping him. Psalm 145 verse 3 it says, Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. No one can fathom how great our God is. And so when we come and, and when we when we when we when we pray this prayer, when we when we do this, each day I'd encourage you to do this, that we are being called to worship him sincerely see him clearly lift our hands and thank him give him glory for for all that he deserves and thirdly says your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and i'd like you to write down seek his ways earnestly seek his ways earnestly we're praying for god's will to be done before it comes to my wants and needs our prayer needs to be on his agenda first In any healthy relationship, you're not just wanting to take what you can, but first to seek to understand the other person, seek to understand them. And even more so with God, we don't just want to take from him and get what we can get from him, but to actually understand what he wants to establish in our world and in our lives. And God has got a prayer list. God's got a prayer list. First, I believe that this is a prayer for ourselves. Uh, For his will to be established in us, his his righteousness, his peace, his joy, to be built up in our spirits, we can outwork our responsibilities here on earth. But it's also a prayer to focus on what God cares about most, which is other people. Other people is what God cares about. When we're praying for his kingdom to come, it's praying for other people to be touched, other people to be reached, and for his love and his mercy and his grace and his peace and his goodness, his salvation, to touch every person that we see. For ourselves. Fourthly. We're to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. I want you to write down. Depend on him completely. Depend on him completely. What does this mean? Well. It's a representation. As Sophie spoke about last week. It's a representation of the Israelites in the desert. Where they would receive manna from heaven each day. And then at the end of the day. It would rot if it was collected. This manna that was given from heaven. While they were stuck. And the Israelites were. Uh, walking through the desert. And this is a symbol of Jesus and his word each day. We need our daily bread. It's, it's, it's not something that we can just put off. It's not something that we can just get once in a little while. I encourage you to get your daily bread, like Monday that comes from heaven. There is, there, is, there is a word the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you each day through the words that he has. It might be the same words, but the Holy Spirit may speak to you in a new way just by opening up and reading what is there in front of you. We'd love to help you with that if you want to learn how to journal and read your word. It says in Matthew 4 verse 4, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And don't wait for his word to be spoken secondhand. Don't wait just for another conference or I know we gather on a Sunday, it's important to gather around the word together, but even more so for you to gather around the word yourself daily. I also want to say, that you can ask of him for everything. Give us this day our daily bread, your your daily needs, your daily provision, for your daily miracles, for your daily supply. Our God can provide because he cares for you. In the very next chapter, Matthew 7, Jesus says, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives Everyone who seeks, finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be open. Verse 9, it goes on. Your parents, you parents, if your child asks for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you not give them a snake? Of course not. Of course not. So if you simple people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? God is a good God, and He wants to provide for you. Just take the time to ask from Him. Number five, says, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I'd like you to write down, To be forgiven and forgive freely. At the core of what God has called us to, each and every single one of us, is relationships. We are not made complete without relationships. It's a God-ordained thing that He has called us to. And firstly, it's our relationship with God with other, and then our relationship with others. Vertical first, but then also horizontal. And God is calling us into a daily habit of examining our heart when it comes to our relationship with God and when it comes to our relationship with other people. Now, I, I don't know a lot about gardening, but I do know that winter means a whole lot of time spent a lot more indoors and it takes us about 15 or so minutes to get into town. Uh, and, and home again. And so leaving home, usually while it's still dark and we, we get home after dark during these winter months and, and it always surprises me when it comes to spring, just how much stuff has kind of come out of nowhere. The the hedges are growing in every direction. The lawns have crept up. Oh, the, the lawns, the lawns, the lawns. Uh, the, the weeds seem to have infested the entire garden. And I know that I'm about to have to spend a few days Uh, in October, and November, trimming it back, mowing it down, pulling things out that aren't meant to be there all because I didn't take care of it during the winter months. And it's the same for our heart. Instead of just examining where we are once a year or at a conference or even once a week at church, I encourage you to continue to examine your heart day by day so it doesn't grow over, but so that we can catch it before it sprouts up. God is calling us into daily maintenance so nothing gets out of control in the first place. First John 1 verse9 it says, "But we freely admit our sins when His light uncovers them. He will be faithful to forgive us every time. God is just to forgive. God is just to forgive us our sins because of Christ and He will continue to cleanse us from all righteousness, or from all unrighteousness. Timothy Keller, he said this, if anyone insists on his own goodness and despises others, let him look into himself when this petition confronts him. He'll find he is no better than others and that in the presence of God, everyone must duck his head and come into the joy of forgiveness only through the low door of humility. Yes, it does take humility. Yes, it does take us force us into stooping, into realizing our own mistakes. Maybe it's sin between yourself and God, or maybe it's unforgiveness, bitterness, offense between yourself and other people. But every day, every day as we read this prayer, as we come and and say those words, be forgiven and freely forgive, that we can examine our own heart and see where we are and where we're right with God and others and where we are not. Number six, just as we finish up, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We need to stand against the enemy resolutely. i love you to write that down. Stand against the enemy resolutely. At the start of the prayer, we acknowledge who God is to us and his awesome glory and strength. As we carry on, though, we humble ourselves before him in need and ask him for daily provision. In verse 13, we now see our human frailty and plead for God's protection for our lives. It's easy to blame God when 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 time when bad things happen when, when things come and it seems like He is punishing us. Yet the reality is, is that God is so so much more kinder than we actually imagine us. And we just need to day by day ask for His protection, ask for Him to come and to put a hedge up around us and to ensure that we are not fighting this battle on our own. Have a revelation. Have a greater awareness of how much he shields us from all the things that try to attack us, all the, all the demonic activity, or all the, all the spiritual attacks that come against us and our families and our homes. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 6.11 says, put on, the, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against, the strateg- against all strategies of the, dev- of the devil. Put on all the armor so you can stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. You know, the devil's got a strategy. He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's out to manipulate. He's out He's out to deceive you. He's out to distract you. And that's why every day we need to make sure that we're praying this prayer, allowing God to come and stand with us we stand firm to fight against the attacks of the enemy and what goes on beyond what we can see ourselves. And lastly, as we finish up, Number seven, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen. Write this down. Trust fully in His ability. Trust fully in His ability. He made everything. Genesis 1.1. For God created the heavens and the earth. He created it all. He is... He's all-powerful. He's he's omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. He's um, uh, omnipresent, which means he's he's everywhere, but, but he's a good God and he cares for you. But we just need to sometimes remind ourselves of how good he is and how great he is and how powerful he is. And instead of trusting and putting our hope in what we can do, I encourage you just this week as we go into level three if you're in the Manawa 2, to put your hope in Him. Stop putting your hope in other things that are frail. Stop putting your hope in people or plans or tools or things that you can do. Yes, those are good things, but first and foremost, it's trust fully in His ability. Hope you can know today that you can put your hope fully in him. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can comment, subscribe, or share it with your friends. For more information, visit us at lifechurchpn.co.nz Have a blessed week.